Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Breaking news. <laughs> Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast, everybody. That's right. We've got breaking news. It was, news. Wee, wee, it was a wee, wee. Wee. He changed it up. I want you, you to do a remit. Fine. <clears throat> Can we start again? Yes, no, let's start again. Wee you, wee you, wee you. <laughs> breaking oh. news. That was, yes. a, that was a heavier. That's yeah, wee, wee, wee. Well, breaking news. Poor puberty. Breaking news. That's the one. Right. Right. Honestly, go. that's yeah. the one. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. I'm Lindsay. That's Saul. That's Gerald. That's Espo. And yes, we have breaking news. The Phoenix Suns announced another one? Nope. <laughs> just a few minutes ago that the team will induct legends Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire into the Suns Ring of Honor during the 2023-24 NBA season. In addition to the induction into the Ring of Honor, they're also going to retire the number 31 and number 32 jersey as a part of their induction. So this is great news. We've been asking for this for ever. Mm-hmm. And Matt Ishbia <laughs> came in and said, yes, you can have that. It's about damn time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about time. We've talked about it at length several times and it's just it's just so long overdue this these two individuals were just as valuable a part uh for that seven seconds or less Suns team as steve nash was uh because they were some of the best finishers in the league especially amari and then marion man sometimes you would look at those teams and you're like man if marion wasn't on this team other teams would put up 200 on this these these guys uh because he was the one guy that was so versatile and could defend multiple positions and it was just i mean he was just crazy athletic and so like this is this makes my heart happy i know a lot of people are excited about this and matt ishbia continues to win the off season yeah absolutely this is something that was long overdue it's something we've been pushing for i think when i first wrote an article about ishbia taking over it was a, a 10 item list checklist of things for him to accomplish and that was on here and it took him less than a year to do so um i think he's probably done all 10 in the year he, he might have because g league team was on there that's coming 2024 as well so we're we're moving right through that checklist he understands the history of this franchise he understands what these two meant to the organization um and that's huge like if we could pull up the quote from the press release of Matt Ishbia uh, that he had there. Um, You know, Sean and Amari are two of the very best to ever wear a Phoenix Suns uniform. Sean changed the game with his elite versatility, and Amari was one of the most electrifying players the league has ever seen. Sean and Amari helped define the Suns and inspire generations of fans, and our Suns family is incomplete without them in the ring of honor. 
Like he just, he gets it. He understands that like, this is, these are the types of things that you have to fix if you want to build that culture and every move that he's been making this off season from the TV deal to the ring of honor to, you know, the G league thing coming next year, it's all in the service of that. And he's lived up to his word in that regard. Yeah. Look, the years of pettiness and cheapness are gone. That's just a fact. Matt Ishbia has come in and this is another example of it. Because while I was there, we were always like, you should induct Al McCoy into the Ring of Honor. And we were told, well, he has the media center and we're not spending the money on putting him in the Ring of Honor. What kind of money? You know, and he, he, works, <laughs> he works for us still, so he can't go in. All dumb excuses, right? Mm. This was all about pettiness and the relationship between Amari, Marion, uh, and the previous regime. Now that is all gone, it's put aside. And I, I don't know how, the, the, the ceremony, the gift you give, the things you gotta do, there's a cost associated to it. But you know what? The goodwill that you're getting back in return for said cost is well worth the investment mm -hmm. for me. These Both of these guys had everything to do with the last great era of Suns basketball before what we've seen over the last three years. Uh, Sean Marion, you could argue, is a top five all-time son with what he did and the longevity that he did. Uh, and he helped revolutionize the game. He's the prototypical guy now. He's what everybody searches for, uh, and, and in part because of what he was able to do with those seven seconds or less uh, sons teams. So I, I'm so glad to see both of them going in. They both deserve it. Hopefully this brings them back into the fold. Uh, Ishby has done a lot of that with alumni, inviting them back, warm welcomes, uh, pack, you know, gift packages when they come with a, a jersey with their names. And we're not talking the big name guys even. We're talking the Joe Courtney's of the world. Uh, you know, Guys from way back in the past that were just part of this franchise that they're saying, hey, come back in. We want you, we want you here. You're all important to us. The best thing to me, though, they buried the lead in the very last sentence of this, uh, but they're bringing an actual Ring of Honor back. No more <laughs> stupid ad board that every 15 seconds, it's an ad for some lawyer, you know, Sweet James gets an ad in there while uh, the rest of the Ring of Honor disappears for that time. No, we're going to have an actual physical ring of honor a reimagined ring of honor i hope maybe they go with just jerseys in the rafters mm -hmm. uh, a simple kind of thing that the teams have done uh, you know that's a little bit more regal yeah. if you will mm -hmm. uh but i'm glad they're fixing that as well this group listens to the fans takes care of them and does what they've been asking for. I love it. And don't hold two of the greatest sons of all time out out of money or sheer pettiness in some or, cases. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a and lovely there, combination of both. There was a comment from Blaze in the chat that was like, wait, so it was about money? It's it's probably more pettiness and personal opinion than it was the actual money side of things. Um, they don't receive like actual cash dollars for this type of thing, but usually there is a hefty gift that is involved. And then, of course, you bring in them, their family, former teammates, you put them up in suites, you, Every you, you ring of wine and dine yeah. kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. there is there is a cost associated with it, but not like I have to pay you X amount of dollars because you're now in the ring of honor kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as to your point, it says that 
The organization will unveil a reimagined Ring of Honor this season, and that further details will be announced be later this month. They just month. moved it can, one spot <laughs> above and still made it digital. There is one other way oh, I could no. lose my shit with this. I don't know if anybody saw the uh, the rendering of what the Suns were going to do before to rectify it, and they were just going to slap glorified posters in the... Uh, in the area you come into the arena over near the team shop. Mm. If that's the reimagined, uh, I'll be making some phone calls. Don't you worry. They'll be getting an earful if that's the Esmo reimagined is way. so passionate about the Ring of <laughs> Honor, and we appreciate so that for him. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I care about the history of this organization and winning a championship now. Can't I do both? Yes. I just stated yes, a fact. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. It was her. What was what did I say? You, I feel did like I he lie? said it. I feel like he said it more some type I of way. I said we're happy you for your passion uh, about the ring of yes, honor. So yes, so he's so passionate. Yep, that voice. That was sarcasm. <laughs> Hey, let's stop fighting and let's have Espo do a Sweet James Cookie Monster read. Oh, oh God. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> me, Sweet James. Me, official lawyer of Phoenix Suns. Me want cookies and you will get good lawyer in return. Sweet James, take care of you. Oh, the, boy. The best part about that voice is it always goes to the two shot where I'm sitting right next to him and I cannot <laughs> can, escape it. Can we go I, back I to the two shot? Out of the two shot. Can we go back? Like, I'm trapped here. I can't get out of the shot now. <laughs> hey, Gerald, you need lawyer? Me, Nookie Monster Sweet James, take care of you. We get good deal if you in car accident. No chasing ambulances, oh, no. just chasing cookies. I, I legitimately hate Shane for doing that. <laughs> I should have left it alone. So I love you, Shane. So to the Ring of Honor. Uh, within the press release, the sun... Within the press release the Sun sent out, there were also quotes from Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire as well. We'll start with what Sean Marion said. He said, quote, this is, an, this is amazing to be recognized by the Suns family in this way. The fans in Phoenix are one of a kind, and this city will always be a part of me. My time with the Suns was special, and I'm looking forward to be inducted into the Ring of Honor. Amari Stoudemire said, I bleed purple and orange, making this a tremendous honor to be inducted. My best and most transformative years came in Phoenix with the Suns. I have so much love for Suns fans and appreciation for the love they have always shown me. I'm excited to reconnect with the fan base in joining the Ring of Honor. So, Espo, you had mentioned that this is obviously Matt Ishbia doing right by the fans, but I think the bigger side of it, too, is doing right by these two players. Oh, yeah. This bridge between the Suns organization and Marion and Stoudemire has been burned for a really long time. I mean, they've gone out of their way to still try to be a part of the organization in ways they can. Obviously, you know. Um, both of them have been on different programs when it comes to the Suns, the broadcast occasionally. Um, but you, we've all known that it was a broken relationship. Yeah. And that's what's most important here because the fans at the end of the day are the ones who are hurting from this because they don't get to have mm -hmm. that interaction with some of the historic greats who've played for this team. But I know it probably hurt these two guys a lot as well to have a franchise that they gave it all to basically just shove them to the side. Well, yeah, and you saw both of them embrace Amari, the Knicks, uh, you know, Sean, uh, the Mavericks, and you're right. This is repairing that. And if you look at those quotes, no mention of the organization. Fans. It was all about the fans in the city. And, and that, I think, speaks volumes to it. But this is the way you do it. Mm -hmm. If you want to build a true culture, and it's not just blowing smoke up people's ass, it's not just about the 15 guys in the locker room. It's about the whole organization. It's about the fans. It's about the city. And this group, as of right now, through a year, you know, less than a year, what are we, six months into this ownership group? 
They seem to fully understand that and and appreciate that. And as fans, we should appreciate that as well. One of the things that, <clears throat> you know, every time Matt Ishbia does something, the f- one of the first comments you'll see on Twitter is, man, I wish the Cardinals, man, I wish the D-backs, man, I wish the Coyotes, man, I wish this team would have this this kind of an owner. And I just keep going back to it doesn't take much to satisfy a fan base if you just do things the right way, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and for so long, you know, I was, you know, I was I was talking to Espo about like just the culture of Phoenix and the culture of Arizona sports and how we're always feeling like we're defeated all the time. Like mm-hmm. we just can't get over the hump or the worst things always have to happen. And I'm like, man, sometimes it feels like it starts at the very base level of all this. You know, Jerry Colangelo did everything he could to get a championship to Phoenix. And then he ended up doing it with the Diamondbacks. But since him, it's been largely downhill. Like there, I mean, teams have had a little bit of success here and there, but it has been, it has been awful. It has been awful. And Matt Ishbia is coming in and he's revamping the whole thing. And he's kind of setting the template. And honestly, it's great because it feels like he's setting those other owners up for failure. Like this is how I do it. And if we win a championship or two, um, yeah, that's awesome. This is how you should do it. And everybody else, you better step up your game because the fans here in Arizona deserve it. And this is something that the fans have been clamoring for. Ishbia just seems like he hears what the fans are saying. He understands the culture of Phoenix Suns fans, and it's a big deal. And Sarver never got it. He never understood it. He was very, you know, considerate to himself, and that was it. He didn't care about anybody else. This is the best way to go about doing it. So he's setting the example for everybody. Well, it's because Ishbia doesn't look at the Suns as simply an investment to make money off of. Mm-hmm. He understands that the Suns represent something far greater than just a money-making organization. Mm-hmm. It's an entire city, an entire state, the whole, even worldwide, because we all know that there's fans all mm-hmm. across the world. But it's it's for the fan base. It's not an investment for your portfolio to look a little better and make yeah. you some more money. And that's the problem with a lot of owners we see in all leagues across sports is that they treat it as if it's an investment property, something that they can just cash in on. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that Matt Ishbia said from day one. We're not going to be worried about making money. We know that the money will follow when success is brought to the team. And success looks a lot of different ways, not just winning on the court. And he referred to them as stewards of the Phoenix Suns, not the owners that this is – this is everybody's team, and they're just here to shepherd it for the time mm-hmm. being. And I feel like they put their money where their mouth is there. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to these nights. We're going to have separate nights for each one, so they each get their own night. Um, because this is a major way to build those bridges back between the organization and two of the all-time greats that we saw one of them retire as a New York Nick. We saw another one show up in an NBA Christmas commercial as a Dallas Maverick. Like Those were embarrassing moments for this franchise and for – just how frayed those relationships were. So it'll be nice to have them in the building again, to have the fans be able to finally show their appreciation for them in this way. And hopefully, you know, see the Jersey go up or whatever they're, however they're going to reimagine it. Light it's going to be portion of the uh, digital board. That isn't an ad at the moment. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's going to be a cool moment for the fans and, and hopefully for them as well. And maybe moving forward, we'll get to see them more involved and present in this son's community and family well it only feels right too. on the off chance that this is the year that this team finally breaks through right don't you want all these grievances put in the past don't you want if you win that to be a moment where everybody that's had 
their their fingerprint on this organization that they all can can celebrate in it, enjoy mm -hmm. a piece of it. Like I'm glad this is happening now with how stacked this team is and the the potential that that's on the horizon too. Yes. Uh, Devin Booker is also really excited. He tweeted out right after the announcement was made, Matrix and Stat much deserve appreciate y'all. Devin is the type of guy, too, <laughs> who understands the history of the organization and actually cares about it. Like, we've seen that throughout his entire tenure here with the Phoenix Suns. Like, he knows his son's history, he appreciates it, and he cares about it in the same way that fans do. Yeah, yep. I mean, we saw that when he brought the jersey over to Al after, I mm -hmm. forget which record it was he broke, but, like, he knew... He, he gets it. I appreciate that about him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then there was a question in the chat or a comment that said they should retire their jerseys as well. They are. Um, if you miss that off the top of the show, uh, Marion's number 31 and Stoudemire's number 32. Those uniform numbers will officially be retired as a part of the induction. No number um, one. No number one, one, though, but <laughs> no. we all know why. I think we're good with that. <laughs> Book would have had a different response <laughs> if that were the case. There's love on both sides. Okay, yeah. I'm sure that it was a no-brainer. Just like, yeah, no, I get it. Number one can stay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. All right, listen, guys, if, summer's almost over. So Suns basketball is right around the corner. Obviously, we're continuing to get really cool news for the upcoming season. We'll have the schedule soon. That means if you want to take a road trip before everything tips off, you got to do it sooner rather than later. And you got to make sure you're stocking up on premium gas, the best coffee, the best snack selection, and, of course, Polar Pops at Circle K. Circle K is where it's at for all your road trip needs. So make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff they have to offer. Plus, right now, if you text PHNX to 31310, to join their SMS subscriber club, you're going to get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. So don't miss out. We love a good coupon. Uh, two friends, one light. That's what Saturday Neon's all about. <laughs> two guys. Come on, man. <laughs> two guys started a company, uh, and they bring you some of the best uh, neon lights you can imagine, especially if you're a big U of A fan. Uh, so check them out at no, Saturday. No, I don't want to be on the two <laughs> shot now. <laughs> yeah, don't feel so good, I remember my nights, Saturday nights down at U of A. Two guys, one light. What the smell? Listen, listen, and you can save yourself uh, some money. Um, <laughs> Use the promo code PHNX uh, for ten to save yourself ten percent off on any order over two hundred dollars by going to SaturdayNeon.com uh, to get yourself a light with your friends. <laughs> also, our friends over at Burrito Express they have fantastic food. They're also really great people. Highly recommend you check them out. They have multiple locations across the valley. Of course, the one that we visit the most often is the one in Tempe because it's so centrally located. They're a fantastic group of people. They support ASU athletics and athletes. They care about the community and they care about the quality of food they are putting out. The green salsa is the best, by the way. So make sure you grab a burrito and follow Burrito Express on Twitter at BurritoExp. All right, guys. So we also got some word today on Twitter uh, about 2K24, we got books rating and we got KD's rating. So first and foremost, we'll start with the rating for Kevin Durant. He is at a 96. I feel like boy's looking yoked up. He, he fixed. They fixed it though. He's not quite as bulky as you. No, was look yesterday. at his neck. It looks thick as hell. You missed he yesterday. Missed the picture he's yesterday. Still, uh, he was real. He still beefy. got that like Thanos neck. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's wild. I the mean, not so slim reaper right now. <laughs> no, no. And then Devin Booker, his rating this year is 
a 94, which I believe last year book was 92. So he jumped two points. Mm. And I think that's a pretty good move for book. A lot of people were, I don't know, there were mixed reviews for Devin's rating on 2K because again, last year was 92. I think it's because Luca's a 95 this year. So is Brown. And it always seems like, yeah. Luca's 95, Jimmy Butler 95, Jason Tatum 95, Joel Embiid 96, LeBron 96, Giannis 96, KD 96, Steph Curry 96. So it well, always seems like Book is just one step behind, even though he probably shouldn't be. Devin Booker's better than Jimmy Butler. Hold on, though. Like, he's two points from the highest rating in the game. Well, I like, think Nicola's. Is Nicola he's higher, higher than, than 96, okay. but, but he's still. With 98? He's with so. he's yeah. within shouting distance of mm-hmm. the best ratings in the game. Right. Like, yes. You wanna you wanna quibble about Tatum and having that one point. Fine. You know, you wanna quibble about Luca, but this is this is pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, usually you see maybe a, a two point swing in a season for these kind of guys. He'd be right there with the with the best guys in the league by the end of it. And when Blaze Megatron pointed it out, this is the highest he's had starting a season. Um, I, I was laughing because somebody said, as far as Jimmy Butler, like he should start at a 90 during the regular season. And then for the playoffs, he goes to a 99. Yeah. Um, so the I, finals, I get, he goes to a 91. Right. And I, so it says, Jay fair. says, Luca's a 99 in donuts. I can't Ow. say that kind of stuff. <laughs> Have you was. seen Luca lately? He's, a he's looking, thin. he's no, looking a little trim. Yeah, he looks, yeah. looking a little trim. Looks I saw good. the funniest thing today. It was start bench cut Devin Booker, Luca Doncic, and like it was Yoke, Jason Yoke, Tatum, Yoke, I think, Jason right? Tatum. But the middle picture for Luca was James Gordon, <laughs> and Damn. I was like, "Oh my God, they do kind of look, they do kind of look alike." Oh my God, they do not. Did you, did you guys, did you guys Stop. see the other ratings that dropped today? No, no. for us, no. You didn't see any of them? No. no. What ratings Let me just for pull us? Them up. So first we have Gerald. Oh man, uh, Gerald was a 97. 97 wow. rating. That's no, 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 that's not his overall. That's his girth rating. Oh, <laughs> girth rating. Okay. That's a little low okay. then. Gerald, okay. Gerald, gets a, Gerald gets a 97 girth rating, uh, and then we'll Jesus go to Espo. Christ. What kind of photos? Espo's got a 92 <laughs> overall sacks wow. rating. You found like the if you this, find, this dude, like, if you did me dirty, Shane, I that's swear. Amazing. This I is swear. like a 12 year old photo oh, from when I worked for the Sun. <laughs> nice look there. Yeah, so 92 sacks playing for Espo. And then for for let's go Lindsay first because we got we will save the best for last. Oh, Lindsay's no. got a ninety eight sassiness rating. Yeah. No, that's true. Almost she is a, sassy. Almost a ninety nine. But the one ninety nine goes to Saul's swearing tendency. Oh yeah. Ninety nine yes. overall. That's facts. That's great. facts. Facts. I also that's like awesome. that picture of you, Saul. What was that taken? It was only taken six years ago. <laughs> only six. Uh, listen, I feel like these are pretty spot on, Shane. I'm not yeah, going to argue yeah. with you on any I, of them. I didn't make these. I thought it was fair. Just the, this is this is 2K. That's, I'm a thank Ronnie 2K. Yeah, yeah thanks Ronnie. These uh, these 2K ratings for the PHNX Sun Squad. I love it. On point. <laughs> on point. Honestly, as well, I'm on I'm on your team. Like I understand that Devin always kind of gets the short end of the stick in the conversations around whatever it may be, the Suns as well. But I think people are starting to give a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and we got to start somewhere, right? Like, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> At least Devin is starting to get more respect. The Suns as a whole are starting to get more respect. We see it in the ratings. We see it in the rankings, the way that people are talking about this team and what their potential can be. Like, We've begged for years for just a, a crumb of respect <laughs> from anybody in a national co- sort of space and 
who's not local here in Phoenix and doesn't pay attention to the game on a regular basis. We're starting to get it, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing for all of the guys on this squad. And look, I think health willing, Book will be a 96 you know, by the end of the season with with KD. I mean, or I could see KD less, but Book will be right up there by the end of the season. I agree. Well, you saw it in the chat. There's you guys in the comments are so. <laughs> are we talking about Brian? Yes. <laughs> oh my Can we god! Read it? Go ahead, go ahead. Brian, Brian says, uh, "Scroll up here." Uh, it said, "I didn't know at Saul used to be a youth pastor." Cool. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at the photo. I, I I don't think I look like a youth master. Also, pray for was, those kids. Uh, I know. I was going to say that. They're going to learn a lot of bad words this uh, Hey, <laughs> Jesus wouldn't trust Saul. I know that. It looks... <laughs> Damn. I want that shirt. Jesus wouldn't trust Saul. Oh, man. Oh, no. Uh, I was thinking more like ITT Technical Institute, like an ad. So I look smart. Yeah. I look like I... Sh- I would be trusted. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I felt it just looked like the. Which, I thought it was the photo of software. you going to your uh, ballet sports interview. Like it just it felt. I was, at, I was actually uh, at a Lakers game for that. All right. One. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes. Speaking of the respect that the Suns and Book are starting to get, uh, Bleacher Report has decided to rank the best duos in the NBA, and here's what their ranking looks like as of right now. In fifth, they've got Kyrie and Luca. Fourth place, they've got LeBron and AD. Third, they've got Jokic and Murray. Second, Giannis and Drew Holiday. And first, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Okay. That's dope. Let me defend. Hmm. God, this hurts. Oh, no. What are you doing? No, no, no. What are you about to do? I'm doing what you think. He's going to do it. But I am going to. He's going to do it. Okay, let me defend Denver for a second. Oh, Giannis my and God. Drew. No, they're not above Book and KD, all right? But Giannis and Drew above Jokic and Murray, who just won the title, and I think are a better duo overall, anyways, is kind of crap in this list. Uh, that was a face, Gerald. I don't know. I mean, they're pretty even to me. I, I get giving more respect to the team that won the title most recently, but it's not like Giannis and Drew have not won a title either. So if we're doing it by that, they're pretty close. I, It's tough with Jamal Murray because like we've talked about, he's a playoff riser. Like he elevates his game in the postseason substantially. But like we talked about it the other day during the regular season, Nuggets fans have the meter. Like, is it good Jamal Murray? Is it bad Jamal yeah. Murray? So He's, he's kind of like a Jimmy Butler, a guy that like goes through the motions in the regular season, playoff time, he elevates his game, so he's hard to rank. And look, I, I understand Nuggets fans are upset that they're number three on this list, but like the whole reason they won the championship is not just because of Jokic and Murray. Like the reason they won is yes, those two were fantastic, but they also had really substantial contributions from guys three through like eight or nine mm-hmm. on their roster. Like they were a really deep, really stacked team. So I, I don't understand the anger over having your top two ranked third in the NBA. Like before this season, would we have ranked them there? Probably not. We would have, they might not have even been top five. I just, I think the anger is Jamal Murray is better than Drew Holiday. In my mind. And it depends maybe, on what. Maybe you claim Giannis is, is slightly better than Jokic. I, I, think the point, I think the point here is that they both have tendencies to be inconsistent. 
And that's why the Suns with Booker and KD are the most consistent of those three those those three duos, in my opinion. Not if you listen to Denver, but yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, Denver's (laughs) obviously they got their own thing going on, but that's why everybody else in the world ranked them third because you can't see it for yourself, buddy. You you know what though? Number five is the worst because (laughs) if you're gonna put Luca in there, it's you, Luca, and complaining. Luca and flopping, not Luca and Kyrie. What about Luca and the refs? Well, they are that, in love with each other. Is that a little too spicy? So, yeah, Luca and the refs. Two, two out there for that one? I don't know. But all I know is um, we did get a comment in the chat from, where did it go? Um, Joe said, respect from Bleacher Report is rare, dot, dot, dot. And I, I mean, like, again, the respect factor here, that's yeah. amazing to see to put Kevin Durant and Devin Booker at number one, not because they're not deserving of it, just because oftentimes people want to belittle the work that those two put in, mostly Devin Booker. But the fact that he's still on this list is pretty cool. Musab Abdi <laughs> said, uh, Drew Drew is overrated, uh, LOL. He shits the bed every playoffs. He didn't shit the bed against us. Right. And I'll some, tell you that right now. Someone else in the chat had said, what have they done lately? It was only two years ago they won a title. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I, we, but I promise our attention spans don't have to be that short. We're in a 24-hour, 24-second uh, uh, attention I, span now. Like, I get it. They're the one seed. They got knocked out by the eight seed. Super embarrassing. But, like, they've also already won a championship. So... I don't know. I don't. I I feel like if we're just talking duos, they got it right with the number one duo, and everybody after that, you could make a case for being in two through five. Like it's mm-hmm. all subjective. We have a ton of talent in the NBA, and I'm okay with that. What like, about what, what about Chris Middleton? <laughs> I, that, that I was think really that was the biggest thing that a lot of people <laughs> were bringing up too. Is like, is it Giannis and Drew, or it's, is it Giannis and Middleton? It's because Chris was like injured for a lot of the season, and he kind of struggled coming back. They brought him off the bench for a lot of the last year, so I feel like it's probably just like a recency bias yeah. thing from last season. Yeah, I think it, Drew made the All Star team too, so that's probably why. And then I also think when you look at Book and KD, as far as just like talking about duos and not the entire team, like. This is not to belittle or discredit what the rest of the Sun squad did last season because they held their own. But Book and KD were really the two drivers of our playoff run last year. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were. Shit, you can say they were the sh- only drivers I mean, of our I'm playoff run last year. I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one other person. Where was anyone up? else in the car? But, but to your point, Gerald. Where the fuck everybody go? <laughs> Denver had really big contributions from everybody within their playoff mm-hmm. rotations, mm-hmm. where for the Suns, they relied very heavily on these two. And they were still able to steal a couple games from Denver which a lot of other teams were not able to do. And I think you've got to give credit where credit is due there. And then also when you look ahead to this upcoming season, the fact that they've had more time now, they're going to go through a training camp together, have an entire regular season together, and a pretty much brand new squad around them, things might look a little bit different by the end of next season. Maybe. And that's what we're hoping for. Expand the thought experiment. One additional person. You have Bradley Bealen. Is it the best trio as well? I mean, like, yeah. I feel you have to be if you're a duo, and then you're adding in Bradley Beal. I mean, I mean, yeah. it's pretty damn close. Yeah, I don't, the only one that would be close would be the Milwaukee one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, just a just for something I was thinking. Yeah, what I'm a time to, to be alive. <laughs> what a time to be alive. We should probably pulled out our shady raids for this segment because we threw a lot of shade at a lot of people. <laughs> um, but you can always get your hands on some shady rays. By checking them out online at ShadyRays.com. Sorry, I'm just reaching. 
For what? <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> Ignore him. Just keep, 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 keep reading. Going. I was interested in what I just threw some shade at you. You were interested in what I had was to interested. say. Thanks, Gerald. <laughs> anyway, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Ray is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. This guy comes in with the two friends, one light, and then he's throwing shade. <laughs> you know it's not shady? What's that? Four peaks. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? I don't know. It beats It beats two, oh, is that two guys, one beer sky. Yes. <laughs> like, of all days that. for you to throw shade. It was shade a shady raising upgrade, so I figured I'd throw some shade. Hey, you know what? Wow. <laughs> two guys, <laughs> one beer stein. Four peaks. No, you <laughs> act like, you <laughs> act like, <laughs> you said shade, and then you oh, act wow. like people buy beer on the underground or something. <laughs> I don't know if you got bad taste. This Maybe you are. Coming oh to you God. from the prohibition era. <laughs> uh, this is like the second time Max has had to come out here and supervise our ad. Read. Max might be is like, you're all going to get a strongly worded email after this show. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of you. You see, if you're, if you're buying a your beer in prohibition. Oh, God. Anyway. I want to go away with One for those friends. Our friends over. If you want to crack a beer open and celebrate the fact that Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion are at a son's purgatory. Let's do it tonight (laughs) with a great four peaks, all right? Uh, Any of them. Peach Ale, the Pumpkin Porter I heard is back. That's one of my favorite. A tea shot. I don't care what you grab. Crack it open. Uh, Cheers to the fact that they're in the ring of honor and enjoy that Four Peaks beer because it is the best you're going to find here in the Valley. Make sure to check out at Four Peaks uh, Brew or Four Peaks Pub on social to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to drink Four Peaks. Peaks. Please drink responsibly and don't buy it in a bathroom. How awesome would it be during Halloween if you had a pumpkin and then you served it with like, or just as like maybe a, a table decoration, right? Mm-hmm. right? But you also had like, like a pork sandwich, because I love pork sandwiches. Mm-hmm. You can call it the pumpkin porker. <laughs> Sorry, damn it. <laughs> you couldn't even we couldn't have workshop that yeah. privately off why the air. Is it, why is it a, a pig that you <laughs> shove a pumpkin pie in <laughs> you, and you as serve as it? As soon as I started, I wrote my own joke. You were son of a bitch. I, man, I'm apparently contagious because what if we turned solid? I know. <laughs> working so on his type 5 up here. So bad. so hard. So terrible. <laughs> What's the deal with it? <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> Bet MGM. <laughs> the Bet MGM Sports Book. Sports Book app. All right. That's Steve Parton Stadium is an elite sports book. The Bet MGM Sports Book app is also an elite sports book app. You should definitely sign up for Bet MGM and make sure you use that bonus code. P-H-N-X. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to 1000 back in bonus bets. If it I loses. got something, too. Are you reaching again? No, I got you? something. I got like, something. I really need your attention. I have breaking news for you all right now, okay? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This season for Cardinals season, home games, uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to have a tailgate. And the tailgate will be free to all diehards and every diehard that... Also downloaded the BebMGM Sportsbook app by using promo code BHNX. Okay. You have to have both, but you get free food. You get free beer for every single home game 
what is there el what else is there to think about? Nothing. You got to do this. It's do a I no get brainer. free beer? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I heard some primo barbecue, so I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Okay. I heard the Nucky Monster is going to be there. No, yeah. no. It's, no. Nope. It, it's nope. Nucky Monster. Nope. Jeez. You can check out the show notes for full details on BetMGM. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. All right, guys, we're going to continue on our conversations that we've had over the last couple of weeks about Phoenix Suns newcomers and re-signees. The Phoenix Suns did announce last night that they have officially signed free agent center Udoka Azabuki to a two-way contract. James Jones said, quote, Udoka possesses imposing size and the ability to finish around the rim. His strength and physicality help add to our team's depth. Now, James Jones is not lying when he says his imposing size. Mm -hmm. Udoka, he's 23 years old. He is 6'11 with a 7'7 wingspan, not to mention weighing in at 270 weighing pounds. Weighing in at 275 pounds <laughs> from Tough Kansas Center, Udoka Azabuke. Yes. Is James Jones' new kink wingspan? Because if you looked at this roster, I mean, that's a lot. These are guys that all have pretty massive wingspans, right? Mm -hmm. And this is this is another guy that you had in only 23. For me, this is a signing I would have been a lot more excited for if you had the G League team mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. place because, you know, I talked to one of his former, former coaches in Utah. He said, this is a guy that needs to be fed the ball. He, he needs a good point guard. With him, this guy, this coach questioned the Suns' play at point guard this year. Leave it as you may. Mm -hmm. But he's somebody, if you were able to to put him in a G League environment that ran your system, give him the reps, those kind of things, I'd feel a lot more excited. Can we go about. back to that graphic, please? Yep, I love the strength, number one. Yeah, the one. strengths. The first one, built like a walking fridge with Groot arms. Yep. yep. That's okay. the type, those fridge. are the type of descriptors you can get if you subscribe. And become a diehard at GoPHNX because <laughs> that was in today's article as well. Um, so I'll obviously read that one closely. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. But <laughs> the, uh, I was a little busy today, I suppose. <laughs> um, no, the seven foot seven wingspan is insane. It's mm -hmm. uh, the second biggest in the NBA, I believe, behind Mobamba, and that's it. Um, and he, to your point, he is a guy that would benefit from G League reps. That's where he spent the majority of his time in the NBA over his three seasons in Utah. Um, he's very raw. He's a guy that is insanely efficient around the basket. I think he's taken like 125 shots over the last two seasons, and he's only missed 21 of them because they're all right around the basket. People are not going to challenge him often above the rim because, again, he's like 280 and 6'10 with those long-ass arms. Like when he gets the ball in the dunker spot, it's pretty much an automatic two points. He's extremely limited outside of that. Like he doesn't, he's been working on a hook shot, um, but that contributed most of his misses last season. And he's, it's not very confident looking. 
He sets really good screens, but he doesn't have a handle to speak of. He doesn't have a jump shot. I think he took three jump shots all of last season. But he so, dunks the ball. But he dunks the ball. Oh. He so dunks after it preseason, hard. people will be calling for him to play major minutes. Yeah, he, yes. he's he's a guy that's a two-way signing for a reason. But again, only 23 years old. Um, he hasn't gotten very many reps in the NBA. I think he's only played like 68 games total in his career. So hopefully they're able to get the G League thing going and maybe see what he has to offer. At the very least, he's a big body in practice for the big men um, to just play physical. Like they need some physicality. Frank Vogel's talked about them being a scrappy team. And Udoka's a guy that's going to challenge shots at the rim. He's going to be a threat. Um, a vertical spacing threat is the term we keep coming back to with guys like Metu and Drew Eubanks. So he kind of fits the prototype of what they've been targeting all offseason in the front court. Um, but just don't expect too much outside of those things that I already mentioned. Yeah, I mean, he is a two-way player, like you said, for a reason. But going back to the G League thing, I do think it's interesting because teams can send two-way players to play for other teams' G League squads just to get some run-in some playing time, but it seems as though in the last couple of the years, uh, last couple of years, the Suns have kept those two way guys with the actual team, yeah, which I do think is a beneficial um, alternative, if you will, to sending guys to another team's G League squad because they're not running the same things like it's just not the same system all the time and you don't have control over it in the way that you would have your own. Do you expect that to be the same this year until they do get their own G League team? I'm curious about that because I'm not sure if that was like a Monty thing or a mm -hmm. Suns thing, um, but the G League guys were always practicing with the team. They were always there. Um, I think it's because the rules loosened as far as how many days you could spend practicing or playing with the team before you had to go back to the G League. I'm curious if when they get a G League team, if that changes at all or what. But um, so far, they have two of their three G League spots filled. I would assume Saban Lee spends a lot of time with the team and probably Udoka as well. Um, but we'll just kind of have to see. Maybe it's a, a coaching thing, um, especially because, like, as we mentioned, they don't have a G League team that's nearby. Right. And I think part of the benefit of that two-way part in sending them to the G League is the convenience of being able to call them back at any time. Well, and also, if you send them to another team's G League, you know, it's it's not your system. It's not your people. It's like paying for a babysitter that you just met or sending your kid to the, a family member. Mm. Like, who are you going to trust more? Usually, in most cases, and to, depending on who your family is, <laughs> you're going to trust the family member more than the person that you just met that you're paying to watch watch your kid. And essentially, that's what you're doing. You're sending your G League guy to somebody else's team, somebody else's doctor, somebody else's coaches, and going, well, we hope this turns out all right. So, yeah. yeah. So, oh, but we'll get a G League team by next season, right? That's the cutoff for all teams to be to have to have one. Um, and regardless of that requirement, didn't the NBA send out a requirement? I don't know if it's a requirement. It was just an announcement that they expect to have a G League affiliate for all 30 teams oh, by For some reason, I thought it was a requirement. I mean, regardless, Matt Ishbia had told us again day one that that's something he was going to invest in. Right. Um, but by next season, we should have one. But it was funny. There was somebody in the chat who was like, I don't even know who's on our team anymore. <laughs> There's been a lot of moving pieces. And then we got an ex an additional two-way spot this year as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but joining us now to talk more about Udoka is Ben Dowsett, NBA Features writer at ESPN and former jazz writer. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Just kind of give us an introduction. What can you tell us about Udoka and what we can expect? 
Um, well, I don't know if you, how much of it you've already gone over, but I would advise folks to keep their expectations relatively limited, as <laughs> one should for a player who's being signed to the type of contract that Doke is. Uh, have, do you guys know about the Doke nickname? No. no. That's where he goes. I, well, I do. Doke. It's, it's, it's really simple. It's, it's in his name. Uh, so he goes, Doke is what I believe his teammates usually end up calling him. So you'll probably be referring to him by that at some point. What guy has uh, a that's, nickname that's just based on his own name? Like just in his own name. I mean, isn't I that mean, a lot of them are, I feel like. Aspo. Book. It's an internal making, a cell phone. That was sorry. a bad joke. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Look, this is a guy who coming out of college had really fantastic numbers. He played four years at Kansas. He he broke a lot of the statistical, the the people who do analytical draft models. He was at or near the top in a lot of those. And some of uh, jazz fans, some jazz fans may not be huge on Udoka, and some of that isn't his fault. Some of it is because when he was drafted, Desmond Bain and Jaden McDaniels were both sitting on the board at the time, and the Jazz had a clear need for a wing player, and they had two centers. They had Rudy Gobert, and they had Derek Favors at the time and chose to draft uh, Udoka. Didn't end up working out so well. Um, that said, he has some skills that at least touch on being NBA skills. The biggest one is is uh, catching and finishing around the hoop. He's a very efficient finisher around the hoop. He can catch the ball. I wouldn't say he's got the best hands or anything for a center, but they're not bad. Uh, he, he can catch the ball. He's got a decent radius. His arms are very long. Um, and he's he's got good timing in the pick and roll. I wouldn't call him an excellent screen setter, but he knows where to be. His footwork is reasonable. Uh, he also has improved significantly as although he's coming from a, a place that I think was fairly low, he has improved significantly as a an interior defender, particularly with fouls. When he first started, uh, I believe his foul rate when he came into the league was like seven per 100 possessions or something like that. Yeah, 7.7 personal fouls per 100 possessions in, in his rookie year. Uh, a little much there. He's got he's cut that like in half roughly, I think, to last year. If I'm uh, not quite in half, but he's cutting it down to like four and a half per 100 possessions. He's gotten better at not getting so fooled by craft. Any players who have got craft when they get into the lane, any types of fakes, he does still... He bites at a lot of stuff. He's, he does still foul a bit too much, but he's improved significantly there. Um, and then rebounding, at least from a box out perspective, he's a fairly, I would say he's about an average rebounder from a from a box out standpoint. When you get into, and I don't know how deep you guys want to go and everything, but when you get into the whole leaving your area to get rebounds and how much do you improve your teammates as a rebounder and that whole thing, uh, some of it tends to break down uh, fairly heavily. But in terms of, being able to find his own man and box that man out, he's good at that. He's got the size to do it. He's diligent about it. He tries. Um, on the flip side, the te his teams have never had success rebounding the ball with the on either end of the floor. They've never been a good putback team, which Agvag was actually kind of – he's got good raw offensive rebounding numbers, but they never actually translate to his team is efficient on the offensive glass or is doing good things. Also, his teams tend to be really bad in transition, suggesting perhaps that he's chasing sometimes when he shouldn't be. Now, that's, of course, something that a, a good coach and a good scheme can can kind of get into. He also is not a particularly good rim protector for his size in terms of the actual efficiency he allows. He's allowed over 60% as the primary rim defender. That's per uh, tracking data over on NBA.com each of the last two years. Those are not good numbers for those who don't spend their days looking at those numbers. Um, they're, they're not very good. Your good rim protectors are in your mid-50s, even low-50s for some of the best uh, rim protectors. He's in the 60s. It's not where you want to be. He has decent block numbers, but a lot of that is, as I noted, he off, he bites at a lot of stuff. He's, he's better than he used to be, but he'll jump 
around the gym a bit. Guys who are good with craft and good with fakes can get him out of position, can draw fouls on him, can finish sometimes over him because his positioning isn't always great. And then, yeah, other than that, he's fairly limited. He's your, he's your very traditional center. He's probably going to have trouble defending in space if there are any of those kinds of situations. And you keep in mind that all those numbers that I've, I've given you here are – against backups or even often in garbage time over the last couple seasons. So if those are the best that he's been able to do, uh, one wonders what his, his success rate will be at the, at the full on NBA level. I'm curious. Cause you mentioned the defending in space thing. And that was something that stood out to me, like looking through some of the advanced numbers on like the B ball index and stuff like his percentiles on the perimeter were like really low. I, I am curious because it, it seems like a lot of these flaws are things that, in a, especially for a guy in a two-way contract, he might not see the floor very much. Do you were you kind of surprised that the Suns picked him up on a two-way? How do you see that fit working out? I'll be honest. I, I not just the Suns. I was surprised that he earned a two-way contract from anyone. And that's uh, again, I want to be clear. I'm not like a perfect analyst. I could still have some of that bias from the, when he was drafted and that whole thing going back that clouds my view of him to some degree. And he had moments last year. Even I remember he had you know, a week or two here or there where it's like, hey, Dokes had to get some minutes because Whiteside's hurt or whatever, or, or even the year before. And it's like, hey, you know, he played kind of okay during, you know, he had some stretches here. He looks like a guy and then he'll have stretches where he's he's really not. The biggest thing for me is, look, you can be a traditional center and have trouble with some of those things we're talking about, Gerald, like, the, you know, uh, de- moving in, in space on defense, those kind of, obviously he can't shoot from outside about three or four feet. You can do those things. The Jazz now have another center who is pretty much that. <laughs> the issue is, and this might be an issue for the Jazz, is the, the center who does that as well now too, he's a 50% free throw shooter. So if you're really good at catching and finishing lobs and rolling to the hoop, which he is, he's got vertical gravity, it's real for sure. And you can, he's a reasonable rebounder and he can certainly put the ball back up and in when he gets a rebound. That's, you can do that if you can also protect the rim, but we just went over how that's a bit of an issue for him. And if you can stay on the floor, which if and when he gets minutes, teams are quickly going to realize, yeah, this guy's a killer lob threat. Let's just foul him before he dunks on us and make him a lot less efficient. So I would, yeah, I was a little surprised to see any team go after him, but frankly, a team like Phoenix that's got, fairly limited resources as we know and just has some spots that they have to fill they actually strike me as the the type of team and i also don't want to say he's finished he's 23 mm-hmm. years old we've seen guys make changes go into different environments in their careers i don't want to eliminate that as a possibility i don't think he's going to get any faster on the perimeter or anything like that but there are little parts of his game if, if a new coaching staff thinks they can improve his uh, his reads and his recognition as an interior defender he could really up his game there and all of a sudden if this guy is even just makes a takes a couple steps as a rim protector even just that allows you to be like okay he's our traditional guy who plays 8 10 12 minutes a game can we know that we're not going to die on the boards or get destroyed at our own rim with him on the floor and then we'll just live with all the other stuff even a little thing like that could really change the prognosis for him I mean, let's be fr- frank. He's he's likely not going to play a lot of minutes but how is he as a locker room guy because he's going to that's going to be a, a big party plays <laughs> cheerleader i mean so how is he as a person (laughs) that's true i will confess i haven't been around the actual like day-to-day beat as much in the last couple of years with the jazz so i would i can't say i'm like an expert on that i i know that he was generally well respected i think the jazz's whole thing was like guys only got nicknames when they were like 
considered part of the group or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I, I never, I certainly never heard anything from, and you never heard anything as far as like, oh, he's not working hard enough or he's not trying to develop this skill or that skill or whatever it is. Frankly, it was just unfortunate. It was injuries. He's had, that's the other part is that he's had a lot of injuries in his career. Frankly, a couple of which are just freak landed on like some of the worst ankle injuries you'll ever see like just landing on a guy in the in the wrong spot wasn't his fault at all and that just i think he lost basically a full year for that if i'm not mistaken uh but you never heard through that oh he's you know he's let down or he's not doing his rehab right or any of that stuff so from what i understand i think you're getting a good one from that perspective Awesome. Ben, thank you so much. We really appreciate you joining us today and providing some insight. Uh, thank you again for stopping by. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, we'll ben. see you next time. You can give Ben a follow on Twitter at Ben underscore Doset. That's D-O-W-S-E-T-T. Obviously, listen, I think the number one thing we can all understand here is that we have to um, make sure our expectations are fair. When it comes to guys who are on two-way contracts, like they've got a lot of growth and development ahead of them and they're just being given an opportunity. (laughs) Cameron Stevenson in the chat said, there's a lot of words to say. Someone sucks. (laughs) I mean, he didn't have the the most glowing things to say about him. He he went on uh, about a lot of the reasons why he is inefficient and not yet a good NBA player. But again, I think, the Suns are not wrong. First of all, the one thing I keep thinking about is, damn the games. When you get into practice, when you get into training camp, will Yudoka at least throw a, a couple bows at DA to, to try to firm up his aggressiveness? I feel like the type of dudes that they brought in, especially uh, in the in the front court, um, are the type of dudes that are going to get physical with DA. Um, and Vogel doesn't seem like this guy. But I want to feel like the the motive might be a little bit there. It's just like, oh, I'm gonna make you, I'm I'm gonna make you earn this. Like I'm gonna make you want to to find that aggressiveness within you mm-hmm. um, to pull out because I feel like that's the one thing that everybody keeps pointing out is that Da is kind of like Ferdinand the Bull, where mm-hmm. he's just like you never know what you're gonna get from game to game, and the aggressiveness is just not where you want it to be on a consistent basis. So with some of these these points, I'm like. Maybe that's the motive. Um, but again, he's a project. And what's the worst that could happen? He doesn't work out? Okay, cool. It doesn't affect you at all. Um, he clearly has some upside, but uh, I, I'm not I don't put any stock into the two-way players as much because they might they're not gonna be called upon when you need them the most. They're just they're add-ons for right now, and you hope that you get to, to develop them into a point where you can use them down the road. But I wouldn't expect too much from them. And this is this is also a guy that at Kansas, I mean, he was one of my favorite players to watch in that 2019-2020 mm-hmm. season. That, that team probably would have won, won the championship if the if COVID didn't end that season. Mm-hmm. He's not like a random G League dude. He's no. he's got he's got proven talent. So that's another upside. He yeah. was bullying people. Yes. and I know that's right. college, but still. And he can still he still has that capability. Like he. He's a two-way guy, so he's not going to see the floor very often. When he does, you put him in pick and roll. You put him in the dunker spot, let him finish off dunks. Defensively, you hope that his long arms in the drop can help him block a couple of shots. So don't drop that dunk to them. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This so guy. you, I'm just going to ignore it. So you, uh, you made a good point. Oh, no. So I've, I've defended the Nuggets, and I'm saying Saul had a good point in the same show. But no, your point about practice, though, is a really good one because I, I like what James Jones and this group have done on that front, too. They could have signed a bunch of 
past their prime, older guys that you that had recognizable names uh, in the back end of the roster, but weren't going to push these guys. They've got a lot of young, hungry guys in those cases that I think can help in the practice situation where they will push these guys. Nobody's going to get complacent because the back half of this roster is trying to prove itself yeah. in a lot of ways. Y'all, I cannot, we cannot <laughs> just gloss over that. That was absolutely ridiculous, no, Jim. No, no, thank I, you. I think we're doing exactly what we should right now. Oh, my Clown. God. Come on. Clown. Come on. We, everybody has made a bad one at least this has week. Has Jared even realized? We yet? got pumpkin porker over here. What did don't I even do? get me started on you. Wait, did I say you, one this week? what's going on? What's going on? Look at the screen. <laughs> oh, that's not very nice. <laughs> Fucking shame. That's not very nice. <laughs> I didn't even notice that, so I looked up and I was like, what the hell? I had no idea you had those capabilities. This is concerning. <laughs> I love it, to be completely honest with you. I think we should take it to the next level. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I just could not let it just completely, like, gloss over that one. I had, I had to. Okay, you low-key journeyed me going, don't even get me started with you. <laughs> Was uh, was the kind of dad energy I'm here for? It was Damian Lee. <laughs> he, he pulled out. It was the like Damian the time Lee. you tried to eat your shoe. <laughs> I was like, put your shoe back on. Yeah. <laughs> then he was sick for a week. All right. Well, that's right. Oh, he was. Shoot. Hold on. That was three, three weeks later. It took three weeks was to send it? into your system. <laughs> was no. It? That's tough. No, it's having a six-year-old that goes to school. Sure, Espo. It's always, it's always your daughter. Oh, wow. Is she eating her shoe as well? <laughs> no, her she learned bus. from daddy not to. That's well, good. Show. <laughs> I'm here as a public service announcement to oh, children. All right. Gracious. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. <laughs> This was a funny one in so many different ways. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Make sure you give the show a follow on Twitter at PHNX underscore sons. You can also follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Nookie Monster, love you all. Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, y'all always rep the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the job, my team move like the mob, turn the beat on.